Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Happy Wednesday, Edwin. Happy Wednesday, Andrew. Can you believe it's the middle of the week already? I, actually, I kind of can. Yeah? It, it, it does it like this every week. I'm starting to recognize a pattern. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, it's amazing. I've, you've got a Monday and a Tuesday, and pff, there it is, Wednesday. Well, I, you know, some weeks it seems like it takes a little longer to push that rock up the hill, <laughs> but it's all downhill from here, baby. Well, it's we're, Wednesday. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're still in Psalm 85. I thought today I might read from the American literary version. Is that the one that doesn't have any of the numbers? Yeah, this is the one that no so, verse breaks. So helpfully did. provided for us by most Bible translations. So they didn't number the Psalms. Are you sure you're going to read Psalm 85? I am. I can tell because Psalm 86 is a prayer of David, and I can tell where that one starts. Okay. So, this, so the, these words have a very familiar ring to yes, them. Yes, yeah. All right. All so right. here we go in the American Literary Version. For the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Yahweh, you have been favorable to your land. You have restored the fortunes of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all their sin. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned yourself from the fierceness of your anger. Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause your indignation toward us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you draw out your anger to all generations? Will you not quicken us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your loving kindness, O Yahweh, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God Yahweh will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth springs out of the earth, and righteousness has looked down from the heavens. Yea, Yahweh will give that which is good, and our land shall yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him and shall make his footsteps a way. I like that. You know, there's some little nuanced differences there in that one. Um, I really like the way verse 9 was was rendered in yours. I, it might be hard to find verse 9. Uh, but what uh, what I appreciated about it was the word nigh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We just don't hear that word enough anymore. No, no, and, you're right. Uh, it's we, a, we it's don't. a, it's a, it's a nice flourish. Yeah, that his salvation is so close by. Surely his salvation is nigh those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nigh, nigh. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's near. Absolutely. So talking about verse nine, um, you you brought up on Monday something kind of towards the end that we couldn't delve into. Greatly, but we did make the point on Monday as we were talking about restore us again. And here we here's here's a picture for the person who has sinned again, who has fallen again, and the ability to turn back to God and trust that He is merciful. Of course, at that time we also talked about that it's not just forgiveness; it's restoration. But you, you started uh, along the path of now. Now let's not deal with let's not treat this grace cheaply. Let's not take it yes. for granted. Let's not yeah. act like what this means is. God, forgive me, restore me, but I'm just going to keep going back to my sin. Because that's what we find here in, in this, or that's what we see, see spoken against yeah. in, this, in verses 8 and 9. Almost like, a, almost like a, a, a dedication or a rededication. You have forgiven us in the past, restored us, and, and done wonderful things. Now we're under anger again. Restore us again. 
right? Make us right now. But then verse 8, this declaration or dedication, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. He will speak peace to his people and to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. There is the salvation that is near or the salvation that is nigh. We know God can do this for us, but I need to change. We need to change and not pursue the, the foolish ways or the sinful ways that has brought about judgment. Well, honestly, first sin, but then this anger or this judgment upon the sin. Yeah. So I need to do different. I, just, I can't keep repeating the same errors, the same evils, the same mistakes and and thinking that God's going to bless that. Right, right. Yeah. So this psalm, as we pointed out the other day, has this theme of restoration, of turning with this Hebrew word shuv. And we find it as it's God restore us, God revive us again, God turn back to us, turn yeah, your anger turn. away. Mm-hmm. And here it's don't, don't turn back to folly. And what we find is, is that if I want to get back to the abundant kind of life, the revived, abundant, eternal sanctified living, I need God's strength and power, but I can take over and that's going to take me back to folly. And that's not the turning I should do. I I guess, you know, as you said it that way, it kind of hit me, this shoe, this turning until about verse nine, it's mostly about the Lord doing the turning, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And then verse nine, this is about us turning. Yes. Yeah. That's powerful. Now, now let's not misunderstand. The the psalmist is requesting God to restore them. And I think this helps us understand this, this Calvinist false doctrine that if God has turned me, then I'll request it. Ah. No, he's requesting it. He knows he needs it, but he Mm -hmm. knows he can only do it by the power of God. Mm -hmm. So he asks God to restore him. Mm, That's a good point. Okay. It's not God has restored him. And so now he's become religious. It is he's recognized his sin. He is under the wrath of God. The people are under the wrath of God. And so now they ask God for the strength to revive and restore. So again, it's not that Calvinistic Mm -hmm. approach. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, it is understanding I can only do it by the power of God. Yeah. So I turn and ask God for that. However, I tell you what I can do. We can't restore ourselves. We cannot restore ourselves, but we can ask God to restore us. Yes. And... What I can do is actually abandon the restoring. So once again, mm-hmm. we've we've moved away from that Calvinistic approach because otherwise, what would be the point of let them not turn back to folly? If it's they've been pre- yeah. primordially predestined to serve God and they can't turn back to folly, uh, what what would be the point yeah. of even having that? Or here? that perseverance of the saints? Yeah. they just yeah. don't turn back. Yeah. yeah. Now, in this, there's a second aspect of this because notice what he says. You, you, you highlighted the nigh unto salvation in the American literary version. But here we have a contrast, a subtle contrast, because the word wisdom is not used. But here, here's the question. So he says, let us not turn back to folly. Why? Because salvation is near those who do what? Who fear him, verses 8 and 9. Yeah. yeah. And so what do we know about fear? Fear is the beginning of the wisdom of God. So don't turn back to folly. Instead, have the fear of God. Why? Because that is wisdom. There's what is it? Wisdom. Psalm 111 and verse 10. Yes. We find it twice in Proverbs, Proverbs 1, 7 and 9, 10. One of them says the beginning of knowledge, but it's that same idea. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of discretion. It's the beginning of understanding. Mm-hmm. We have a contrast between folly and wisdom. Which one am I going to pursue? Yes. Which one am I going to follow? 
I can't help but think about Proverbs 9 then, just in this context of what we have with this psalm. This psalm points us back. In Proverbs chapter 9, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but this is the chapter in Proverbs where you actually have Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. Okay. The, with, the, they're personified. Yes. Yeah. There's, wisdom there's, that's our bingo card. It's <laughs> one of our words, personification. Anthropomorphism. Yeah, yeah. Chiasm. That's why people come in. They come in, <laughs> they come in for text talk. Inclusio. Inclusio. That's right. I'm just I'm just trying to help people out on their bingo card. Anyway, yeah. So personification, wisdom, and folly are personified as two women mm-hmm. who are calling out, who are who are attracting and inviting the simple to a meal. The simple would be like the the innocent. Right, the child, the one needing well, needing it, direction. There is that, and yet at the same time, in both places, it also gives the parallel of the one who lacks sense. So, uh, okay. wisdom, wis, <laughs> wisdom. I the, mean, I know the bless I, your heart person. <laughs> in Proverbs nine and verse four, wisdom cries out, "Whoever is simple, let him turn in here." To him who lacks sense, she says. <laughs> So I don't know if that's two different people or if that's that poetic parallelism. Yeah, that's that poor parallelism. <laughs> that's, that's what that is, the, the isn't it? The senseless one. Yeah. The one who is without wisdom. And so, Wisdom invites. Yeah. There you go. Well, but then you also have in chapter 9 and verse 16, folly cries out, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says. Oh, no. Now, Folly's trying to win the people and yes, lead the people. They're both, and they're talking to the same people. So however we want to talk about simple and those who lack sense, um, it, it's not that those who are simple and lack sense have to follow folly, but I will say that between these two invitations, it does say that a scoffer will get abuse. If you correct a scoffer, you'll get abuse. But if you reprove the wise, they'll, they'll listen. They'll listen. So, you know, the deck is stacked against the one who's going to go ahead and pursue simplicity and, and just live in ignorance. And wisdom might have some hard things to teach, huh? Wisdom would have some hard things to teach. I was looking at this, and, and what a contrast. So, yeah, you know what? Let me just go ahead and read. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but let me read these two contrasts. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. And then we get to verse 13. You've got the woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. We got some great contrasts here, yeah. and this could take this will take way longer than we really have in today's conversation. But just quickly, wisdom has built her own house. Yeah, she's got seven pillars. Mm-hmm. It's it's a steady, Big stable house. house, and she's Folly, active. Folly's just loud and seductive and knows nothing. Now, the interesting thing is, is that while both are calling from the high places, it's wisdom has sent her young women out to the high places, which means you don't find wisdom. In the high in places the high of places. the town, but folly has taken her seat in the highest places yeah. of the town. And the subtle point about that is, where do the idols get put? Yeah, they're in the high places. The idols are That's in the high idolatry. places. So there, yeah. there's some issue about idolatry here. Folly is connected to idolatry. 
So wisdom doesn't live in the high places, but she does send out representatives to the high places to try to attract call people back. Yeah. To get them back to where her house is. Both of them cry out to the simple and both of them speak to the one who lacks sense. Wisdom has slaughtered her beasts. Mm -hmm. So her meal is one of meat and of mixed wine and has a prepared table. However, folly's meal is nothing more than bread and water. Mm -hmm. And it's not a gift. It's, it's stolen. It's stolen. (laughs) I Uh, hear that sweet. (laughs) Yeah. So wisdom says, come eat of my bread or my food and drink of my wine. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whereas folly just says stolen water is sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Mm -hmm. So here are this contrast. As I was reading this again, uh, in preparation for our conversations, I recognized that wisdom's words do just sound like an invitation to dinner. Yes. And then some direction about how to live. But Folly's words, actually, when when Folly says, stolen water is sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Sounds proverbial, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like a proverb. In other words, what Folly does is, is pretend to be wisdom. Yeah. Folly tries to speak in the form of wisdom, to act like what she is saying is actually wisdom. But it's not. It's empty. And so let's just think about this contrast. Wisdom says, hey, I've slaughtered an animal. I've got meat. I've got mixed wine. And here's what what Folly is saying. Well, I got nothing for you. But I tell you what, stolen water is good. Mm -hmm. I mean, why would you want the mixed wine of wisdom when you could have stolen water? That's really sweet. And why would you want the roast that wisdom is offering when you could have some stolen bread that you have to go eat in secret? And there's a part of us that actually believes that because we've all eaten the forbidden fruit at some time. Mm, and there yeah. was a little bit of a thrill in doing what was forbidden. Right, right. And so anyway, here's this contrast. We get back to Psalm 85 and our psalmist says, don't go to folly. folly. Yeah. Fear the Lord. Listen to wisdom. Wisdom. Look, I get it. Wisdom makes some demands. Turn away from your simple ways. Mm-hmm. Don't keep walking the way you've been going. Live by my insight. And Folly doesn't make any demands. In fact, Folly says, we'll let everybody else do the work and you'll just steal the water that they've drawn. Right. You know, and so it sounds easy, but it's, that's where death is. It's, it's actually poisoned water. That's, that's where it is. Is what it ends up being. And so Psalm 85. So again, no cheap grace. Don't keep turning back to Folly because that's where death is. Turn to the Lord, walk in his way. Oh yeah. Can I just say these words? Psalm 1. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it just take us back to the two ways that we started with uh, yeah, in Psalm it One? I yeah. mean, it all full circle, full circle. Down. Absolutely. I, I, you know what? I know I could keep talking about this for a while, and and you could as well. But we probably should wrap up. Probably should. Thanks for joining us on Text Talk today. What are you learning from God's Word? Send us an email. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere dot org. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere dot org. Let's pray. Oh Lord, help us, Father, to have a heart that loves wisdom. And to understand, Father, that it begins with the fear of you. And so, Lord, help us not to take easy ways and take your grace for granted. Help us not to be deceived by folly and foolishness into error and evil, but to understand that there is true nourishment, spiritual nourishment and blessing in your wisdom, in your ways, in your good grace. Help us to do the right thing today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. 
You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. You know, in in Proverbs 9 and verse 4. (laughs) In... (laughs) I can't get it out.